What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I was 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Dew Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Episode of the King's Bulls Podcast. My name is Brendan Nunes. Got Rich Ivanowski on here as we usually do. How you doing, Rich? I'm doing pretty good, man. Um, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Not gonna overthink it today. There we go. We will leave it at pretty good. I'll say I'm doing pretty good myself. And we got a little bit of analysis coming back today. You know, we're gonna do our best to get back into basketball a little bit here, even with the season currently in suspension. And we got this idea from Patrick Burns on Twitter. That's at the new brutality on Twitter. Appreciate the um, the advice or the idea for us to follow here, Patrick. And the that idea that we are running with is ranking all of the players' hypothetical trade value if we were looking at this offseason. Um, so there is, like for Bogdanovich's case with the contract coming up, it would be his hypothetical sign-and-trade value. And then we did not include any of the unrestricted guys since obviously there is no way that Sacramento would be able to trade those guys in a sign-and-trade. And we ranked the draft picks that Sacramento has as well here. We have their own first-rounder, their own second, the Detroit second, and then a Miami second as it stands now. Um, you have any more clarifications here, Rich? Yeah, I think including those draft picks actually really helps the ranking of these draft assets. It puts them kind of in perspective of what we think they could actually kind of fetch um, in the open market. Also, I'll say, um, yeah, it's it's really tough because each team is going to value each player differently. So I have really big kind of tiers where I even – I'll just especially uh, – through, through number six to number 11, or number 12 actually, I couldn't really put those guys separate from one another, whereas some teams would prefer number six, some teams would prefer number seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. So, but I tried to do best on, based on what I thought the majority of teams would prefer if you gave them option A or option B. Okay, yeah, um, that's somewhat. So, Buddy was the tricky one there, but we'll get to it. Okay, so we can start. Do you want to start at the top here or the bottom, actually? I think my vote would be to start at the top because the top is more obvious than the bottom. Yeah. So, okay, so the tiers, and you actually did a really interesting, you didn't, this was your second article that you did. You did a fan post on Sacktown Royalty, and it was pretty much based on this, and we're kind of running with that theme. Yeah, I'll explain this real briefly. I did this, yeah, like as a fan post, way before I ever was writing for Sacktown Royalty. Um, it was just like my, yeah, second time ever writing about basketball, period. Um, 
it's obviously an amateur, but um, I think it came out pretty good. And it's, I think it's something that, you know, people do discuss this. Patrick mentioned the, uh, what is it, Bill Simmons show does a lot of trade value type podcasts. And I think he even writes occasionally still stuff like this. So, yeah, um, it would just be ranking the trade value of each player. And I did tiers of strong positive value, slight positive value, neutral, which kind of refers to like, you know, like a second round pick is a slight value. And then guys that maybe had been picked and you don't know if they'll be any good. Like in this example, this is from two years ago now, like I had Frank Mason in this tier of like the neutrals essentially. Right. Um, and then slight negative tier and a strong negative tier. Yeah, and starting at the top here, I mean, strong positives. There's a clear guy in his own stratosphere, and it's De'Aaron Fox with, you know, 22 years old, a year left at $8.1 million roughly until he's a restricted free agent. Um, I think he's clearly the one. Yeah, um, I even broke down barriers and built a new tier uh, for an elite asset, and I think that's what De'Aaron Fox is. I think that it's kind of undeniable that any team would want him with his current contract situation, period. Any team would take him. Any team would give up significant capital to get him. And I think that kind of in general, he's probably worth more. This is one other thing I did, and I'll throw this in here, kind of pepper it in there when when it makes sense, or maybe you can ask me if I have a good feeling about this. But I also tried to assign – the actual draft pick value for each player, like what I think that they could kind of get the Kings in theory. And mm-hmm. I think that he's worth more than the number one overall pick. So Wow, yeah, okay. And, yeah, I would agree the same since there's not like a clear number one in this draft. Hmm. Yeah, it would be different, I think, if it were a Zion year or maybe yeah. even a year. Ben right. Simmons year. Right, yeah. So Fox clearly is that tier alone. I like your elite uh, bring back there. And who do you have for your second one? Is it in the same – well, you made a, your own tier for Fox, right? That was the only elite asset. He was in a tier by himself. And then I actually had like a really, really, really big drop-off to number two. Mm-hmm. There definitely uh, is a large drop-off, yeah. So just in general – a big takeaway is that there's one super elite asset on this team and then a lot of, like, totally decent assets and very little in the way of negative assets. Yeah. But, yeah, you agree? Yeah, I definitely – one of my biggest things, yeah, definitely that there were not that many negatives. So I've got a huge list of guys that are, like, helpful. This is, a like, a massive cliff to fall off of from Fox to this next mm-hmm. a- asset. But this is going to be a hot take, I think, and I think you're going to disagree with me. But I have the number two asset here as pick number 12. Oh, wow. Hmm. Yeah, I, I still think, wow. Okay. Um, I would go Marvin here still, and I think you're definitely disagreeing with me there. Is that the other guy that you would have in contention for this? Yes. So this is a two-tiered group of pick 12 and then Marvin Bagley for me in that order. Yeah, and just because I've seen a lot of guys saying that Marvin in this draft would still be the number one or at least very high up there, and I guess like what you've seen at the NBA level hasn't been encouraging, 
but I don't think that you, there's necessarily necessarily these worries that it's like these reoccurring injuries. Sure, there's nagging stuff, and he's missed a good amount of time both these years. But like, then the number twelve pick, and you still have a you still have time before Backley just turned twenty one, and then you would still have his restricted rights after this. I'm still leaning Bagley over pick twelve. Yeah, I I had a feeling this would be controversial, but the guys played seventy five games. Um, it's a lot of injury time. He's been out for a long time currently. Like, if this weren't for injuries, there's no question he would be my number two trade value here. But I just think with all the uncertainty going on, and I also built in this current shutdown as well where I really started taxing people for having higher salaries. And even though he's on a rookie-scale deal, $9 million next year, and then 11 the following year. I mean, it's a, a, just a hair above two years, $20 million for Bagley, which I don't know that he's honestly returning value on that based on what we've seen and based on the injury concerns. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's certain teams that you could get a decent pool. So I get your logic, you know, if you're saying a majority of teams would lead which way because I kind of had this with Buddy as well where I was like, okay, what is – one of the best packages that you could realistically get back from him if you traded him to the right team. So I think if Marvin, if you happen to get him to a situation where they just are going super young and need some talent like Detroit, you know, I think you could get a something if they fell to like the fifth pick or something, I think that they would really consider that for Bagley. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I think you could, there might even be teams that if they had pick one or two that they would even consider it. But at the same time, I don't know. I mean, I think there there's so much flexibility with pick 12. It is such a low salary, and it is so – like, that's eight years of flexibility and team control, and you can pick whoever you want. Like, there are teams out there that could just, you know – they believe in their ability to draft, and they have a specific player in mind. They think that Bagley wouldn't really fit what they've got, and I I do think that a lot of teams would prefer the flexibility. Yeah, I mean, I think it comes down to I just am a little bit higher on Bagley than you are still moving forward. I know we haven't seen much, um, but if he can get a healthy year under him for a majority 70 games, which is a lot to ask for at this point, um, but I, I just don't see as like reoccurring issue, injuries as in that midfoot thing. I guess it got reaggravated, but I don't see that as like a lingering issue. So, I mean, I, I just still think that Bagley can give you a fifth pick production in this draft, and you get him for six years. I mean, you're talking about the eight for twelve, and you're right; it's way cheaper, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay here, and I, I think that Bagley would give you more value here to the right team, though. This this was one of my closest calls. I I could definitely de- – I mean, I, I even – I thought that you would disagree with me, and I think that a majority of people would disagree with me. Um, I'm just going to stick with this hot take because I just think those two extra years are valuable too. Like, I don't know. I just I, – and I think that it could go in a, a weird way where if Bagley really thinks he's worth a huge contract and – I don't know. I could see. I, I just. I'm not sure he's going to give you nine million dollars or eleven million dollars worth of production the next two years. And 
I could be totally wrong about this, but I'm, I'm going to stick by it. And, and I hope that I'm wrong about this. Yeah, I get your concern. But uh, I, I think – so we both have that as Fox is the one, and then the 2-3 is Bagley's flash 12th pick. We have it opposite ends. But that's that's the 2-3, right? Okay. I mean, yeah, you have the pick number three? Yes. Okay. Then, yeah. What do you have – you have a pretty big break in tiers here? I do. Yeah, because now we're we're talking about 20th pick – ish range in regards to the value you get back? Yeah, I I actually have this as number 20. I kind of numbered these, like, so Fox, I wrote one plus, kind of. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, the 12th is worth 12th, and I just had Bagley as, like, late lottery, which, again, I like I said, I think there are teams that would give up super high lottery, but I think there are also teams that are just like, you know what, just give me that pick. But yeah. uh, moving on here, uh, Rashawn is my guy at number four, and I had him at, like, you know, maybe the 20th pick value here. Okay. Um, yeah, I have a really close one here between him and Bogey, and I had Bogey a little bit ahead of him um, because Rashawn just has that one year, and I'm really just kind of duplicating the Malcolm Brogdon value, which could be slightly inaccurate, but that's sitting at the 19th pick right now, and they got two second rounders. So I said about the 20th pick. Um, and yeah, I mean, maybe Holmes can pull that for you. So I have him pretty close here at a four or five. Um, but I leaned bogey a little bit more, mainly from looking at the deal that Milwaukee was able to get for Brogdon. I mean, do you feel like that's a fair comparison? Yes, definitely. Um, that's, I think we've talked about kind of that comparison before on this show. Um, I think you could probably get like the Brogdon deal almost exactly or pretty close to it. For Bogey, um, I didn't realize that it went up so much. But, um, yeah, that pick does look pretty nice right now. Hmm. Yeah, I, I had – this was kind of tough as well, but I had Rashawn Holmes number four. I think that there are so many teams that don't want to pay right now. And then, again, I think I'm really maybe putting almost too much weight on the stoppage because I'm thinking about, like, maybe – teams just don't want to pay for a big addition right now. Yeah, I mean, there's not the money to throw around in previous years, so that definitely could factor in here. But, yeah, I, I have Bogdan at the four, and then Rashawn Holmes right behind him at the five. Like, I think at, you know, if Rashawn's playing a great year, then, you know, like this year we said the Celtics could have traded their own first. You know, I think that they definitely would consider that, and you could get that sort of value for Holmes. I mean, it's only one year, so – and I guess we're talking about off-season, so you don't quite know what value those upcoming picks are going to be. But I could see a later team throwing a late first for, for one year left of Holmes. I have another player in here before Bogey. I have one other player. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah, so I've got this 4-5 tier as Rashawn Holmes and Nemanja Bielitsa. Okay. They're both one-year deals – so, but they're very cheap one-year deals. So, like, yeah. I kind of look at this like anyone in playoff contention would probably consider them pretty strongly. Like, any any team in playoff contention would want Holmes or Bielitsa, um at the price that they're at. I think that, you know, $5 million for Holmes, whatever, $7 million for Bielitsa. I mean, like, the Celtics are a great example. They would love Rashawn Holmes. Even at one year. And, and I think that they would like the elites a lot as well, where when you're getting into these teams that are over the 
you know, or near the tax over the cap, well over the cap, then there's like question marks start to come up about Bogdanovich. Um, so that's why I went Holmes and Beasley. So they're just super flexible. They're yeah. again, we're like falling off pretty hard here. Like these guys are both way below Marvin Bagley for me or pick number twelve. But again, it's just where I think any team in the league would want them, so that it, it was easier for me to just go with them. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner still has hundreds of sports, events, and games to wager on. Or let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack. All open 24 hours a day and all online, including their $750,000 poker series. If you're into props and entertainment betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the weather. Visit their website and join today to receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Be sure to use promo code BLUEWIRE in all caps. Bet online, your online wagering experts. Now, you have a really good argument there for, for Bielitsa as well, and... It definitely would be a lot easier to move on from either one of him or Holmes than this Bogdanovich sign and trade for, what, 20 mil plus uh, to just a very select few amount of teams that could even afford doing that. So I see I see your argument here. Um, does Bielitsa pull you a first in the mock? I was willing to do that with a – it was some late Boston first. I think it was the Milwaukee first, which is the 30th pick. Um. Yeah. Does, yeah. Yeah. So, hmm. I, I'm still gonna keep Bogey at my four here, and then I'll go. Yeah, because I had Bielitsa. This was a tier for me was Bogey and Holmes, and I had Bielitsa at the top of the next one. But you're right, Bielitsa should be should belong in this one as well. I um, kind of just you know just to kind of throw it all together, I put Holmes as the twentieth pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, roughly, Bielitsa is like roughly the 23rd pick. And again, like I think if a if a rebuilding team had that pick, they wouldn't do it. But a team like you know I don't know Houston or Boston or a team that just needs another shooter yeah. um, that works for me, then I then I put Bogey as my number six, like around 25. Right. Okay. So hmm, like. Where's a team that has – is there a team that has a little bit of space and a later first? There's not, so that kind of defeats the point of what I was trying to do. But, uh, yeah, okay, so then who did you have after – so you had Bogdan after um, Holmes and Bielitsa. Yeah, so are we through, we're both through six right now? We are, yes. So my number seven, and it – so I'll just give this out there. I, I bunched together Bogdanovich, Barnes, and Heald because I think that they're probably going to be on similar contracts. Mm, um, okay. They're very, very similar age. I think they're very like they're all going to be the same age in the offseason. They're all going to be, I think, kind of equally good. Um, like I think they're all kind of like solid low end starters to really high-end bench players. 
and they're all the same age, and I think they'll be on similar contracts. So I just six, seven, eight. I went Bogdanovich, Barnes, and Heald in that order. And the reason I did Barnes over Heald was because he has one less year on on his deal. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, when you put Barnes and Heald side by side, I guess I probably would rather have the Barnes contract. Um, I had Heald ranked higher than Barnes and even had Barnes as like a slight negative. Um, hmm, okay, so, yeah, I had Bielitsa at six, and then seven here I had Heald with, hmm, yeah, there is four years left on what's going to be like about, it's $86 million of guaranteed money can go up to like 106. I think it was about 10 million in likely incentives. It was roughly four years, 96 million. Um, I, I mean, I, again, I did this based on, I think if you, there could be a few teams that you could get decent value here, um, but it would just, it's a few select teams. And then again, I mean, your logic being the majority, I think more than likely, you're not pulling a great amount for heel, but there could be some teams that would be tempted here. Yeah, I, I this mm-hmm. kind of opens up the discussion of who is the better player between Barnes and Heald. Yeah, it's pretty close. I mean, I think there's something to be said for not really having weaknesses like Barnes, though. Yeah, I think it's super, super close. And to me, it's kind of a wash for that exact reason, like Heald as elite skills and really obvious weaknesses yeah. where Barnes is like just a very solid dude. Mm-hmm. And, and I gave him the edge. I mean, I think he's more like pluggable. You can just move him into any lineup and like, I think he'll work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's probably wor- like, he's probably on a little bit too high of a contract, but even if a guy is slightly overpaid, they can still fetch like a late, first round, early second round, uh, that type of a pick from some team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, you've convinced me. I'll move Barnes up here to to seven because you're right. I would prefer him over that healed deal. Um, and then, yeah, eight, I'll put Buddy healed. Um, and I already had Bogdan a little bit higher there. So that's that. And then – the last slight positive I have here of a player is Justin James, 23, oh, yeah. 23 years old, two years left, uh, about $3.3 million over those two, second years of non-guaranteed, and then you get his restricted rights. Um, I think he's shown enough that some, it, he would be a throw-in that would add a little bit of value. Hell yeah. I think we're on the same page here. Um, we've got all the, the same guys in this slight positive group. For me, that was the – Bogdanovich Barnes healed group and then Justin James and the second round picks. So obviously those are in order, you know, 35, 43, 53. Um, you know, I did have that 35 um, and 43 actually I had put over Justin James. So do I. That's exactly how I have it. Um, and, and between pick 43 and Justin James, I thought was the closest – of anything here. Because yeah. like, he was I, just, what, 55? Uh, that was Guy. Oh, right. I think uh, I think uh, James was 40. Let me pull that so, up 
And I originally had Justin James higher than pick 43, but lower than pick 35. But then I thought about it in terms of, like, I'd rather keep Justin James than have pick 35, personally, for the Kings. But when you think about it in terms of what other teams are thinking, they're thinking they can get their own guy for their own system that works better. So I think, yeah, I had it number nine as pick 35, number 10 as pick 43, number 11 is Justin James, number 12 is pick 53. Yeah, I have uh, I have that same thing here, actually. And then that's the that's the list of, of positives for me. And then I got two slight negatives, which aren't even that negative. I mean, one of them is, it's probably two tiers within slight negatives. Um, but then, yeah, if you're talking... Um, what is it, 12 here, then I got Corey Joseph. I'm sorry, this is 13. I got Corey Joseph, two years, $25 million left. Second year is non-guaranteed. Um, but, I, I mean, I think it's safe to say that's a bit of an overpay. And, obviously, it was such a specific need for Sacramento, that backup defensive point guard, that you'd have to get him in a really specific situation to get positive value out of him. More than likely, he's just going to be viewed as a slight negative to me. Yeah, that's exactly how I had it as well. I even did like kind of the reverse where I just thought you have to give something up to someone, but I just put like negative pick 50. So like maybe just throw them pick 50 and you'd you'd find a team that would take Corey Joseph off your hands for just kind of something, Mm -hmm. you know? And then obviously that leaves us with number 14 is Jabari Parker. Yeah. $6.5 $6.5 million to sit there and do nothing. To do nothing. And I think I just put negative pick 40. So, again, like, not a huge negative, but that's kind of a real pick. That's where you get into, like, okay, this pick has actual value. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't need to be a first round or anything crazy like that. But I just threw in pick 40. Mm-hmm. Okay, so do you want to take us through uh, your total sheet now that we've gone through here? Mine gets a little bit messy sometimes. Yeah, I'll take you through, and I'll also I'll tell you this. I'm going to your side here with the bag recall. Okay. Um, I heard you kind of adjusting a little bit to my points, and I'm going to do the same for you. I'll read through what I've got now and tell me if this is consensus or if we need to do any more shifting. Okay. Number one, Darren Fox. Number two, Marvin Bagley. Number three, the future, uh, I'll just say it as the pick that it is, mm-hmm. um, but it, it could still change. We can also, I'll say that, I should have mentioned that, but part of the reason that I kind of had this high was, it. you know, it's not in the lottery yet, so it could actually move up by the time the lottery, you know, it, if the rest of the season is played, it could end up being higher and there could be a lottery, you know, it could jump. So, but anyway, I'll start again. Number one, Darren Fox. Number two, Marvin Bagley. Number three, pick 12. Number four, Rashawn Holmes. Number five, Nemanja Bielica. Number six, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Number uh, seven. Okay, so right there, like, I kind of want to put Bogey a little higher. Okay. But it's close. I mean, it's it's that tier of Bogey, Holmes, Bielica. Okay. I know you kind of have it a different tier, but I, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, because it is specifically, I mean, this lower amount of teams with available money. To me, it's just that I can't separate Bogdanovich from the Barnes-Heel triumvirate. Like, that group yeah. is just, 
they're all the same age. Like they're all the same kind of skill level. Mm-hmm. I think they're That's all getting paid the same. I I almost like I just it was impossible for me to separate them. That's fair. I I get that argument. So, but Bogey's at the top of uh, that tier, right? Yes. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. Okay, I'll pick that back up. Number four, Rashawn Holmes. Number five, Nemanja Bielitsa. Number six, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Number seven, Harrison Barnes. Number eight, Buddy Heald. Number nine, pick 35. Number 10, pick 43. Number 11, Justin James. Number 12, pick 53. Number 13, Corey Joseph. Number 14, Jabari Parker. That sounds good to me. All right. Um. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that. What are you? So yeah. Main takeaways here, like we said, the Fox being completely alone at the top with just the only guy with ridiculous value, and and I mean, credit to the Kings for not really having any terribly negative contracts. Nothing would take a first round pick to get like rid of on this roster, and we've kind of seen less bad contracts recently in the NBA. Um. But still, I mean, credit to the front office there for not having themselves. Uh, stuck in any bad way with some of these contracts. Definitely. I thought it was going to be worse than this just by, like, thinking of it. And then also going back to that kind of fan post that I wrote years ago, they didn't really have any back then either. I mean, it's crazy, but, like, that that Zach Randolph one was a nightmare, it felt Mm -hmm. like, and that George Hill one was a nightmare before that article was written. But they're really not that bad. I mean, they managed to get a second-round pick for George Hill. They got a second-round pick for, you know, Shumpert, who, you know, to be fair, really did change things and turn things around from when I had wrote, written that. When, that was before he had ever played with the Kings. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, they really – I think I was ready to make another tier if I had to at the bottom for, like, an albatross, but they – yeah, they've really not done that. They've they've really not done that. I think, yeah, I, I think that is a little bit worthy of praise. So, and then what guys did you have, because you labeled them by pick value, so Sacramento has the 35th, 43rd picks in this draft. Do you have any players that you had ranked around that range on the roster now? So, Justin James was in oh, right. that group, like in basically embedded within it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, Buddy, I just had, like, a late first, you know. Yeah. I think he's honestly gone down since um, we last spoke about it, where we kind of did that as a whole episode, is trying to find trades for him, like, what's the best pick you could get for Buddy Heald. Um, we were maybe in the late teens, early 20s, but I think it's worse than that now. I Yeah. I think maybe I'm overly concerned about the salary cap, but, I mean... <laughs> Sorry to, like, bring back reality for a second, but, you know, like, America is not doing great in right. terms of the economy. So it's hard to imagine the salary cap not going – not necessarily going down, but, like, the projections not going down would be hard to imagine. Um, and so, yeah, that deal for Buddy – I can't imagine that if the Kings hadn't made that deal that they would be – I think they'd be in a better position right now. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's hmm. It's interesting. Um, I, I see where you're coming from with that, but yeah, I mean Sacramento's not going to pull anything all too substantial with any of these 35th, 43rd picks. Um, they should be picking at 12 or wherever their own first ends up. 
And, I mean, you probably could look to move some of these seconds since you only can take on so many. But, again, you take an overseas guys, you throw someone in the G League, things like that. You definitely could make it work with drafting um, a couple guys here. So how high does Marvin Bagley go for you? So if I'm I'm adjust, I moved him up, obviously, but how, like, what's the number I should throw next to him in, in terms of, like, how high would you go? Um, Draft pick this year? Yeah. Um, hmm. It's at least five, I think, because at that point you've had one of, you know, I, I think – if any of Cleveland, Detroit, New York find themselves in that three spot or even potentially two maybe, that they would be willing to do that for Bagley. So hmm, what do you feel about four? Yeah, man, I am just lower on him. It's so tough too because this draft class is so weird. Yeah. I don't know if he would have gone in the top five. If you were redrafting last season or the season before that, I'm not sure he goes in the top five. Yeah, I'm not sure he does either. Um, I, yeah, it's definitely – It's I, I would say four or five considering the weakness of this class. I'll, I'll put him down at five for my notes. Just because I kind of did rounded numbers anyway. I did five for Bagley, 20 for Holmes, like 30s in here. Mm-hmm. But, so I'll just pop him down at five. But I definitely agree the right team could easily want him, like, number two. Yeah. Yeah, I, Bagley's values, I mean, next year, assuming he is able to get out there and everything, and just that in itself is going to be very big for – how Sacramento views him moving forward and how the rest of the league is going to view him moving forward as well. Um, but, yeah, I think this was this was nice to do and kind of look through everyone's value here and get back to a little bit of analysis. It feels like it's been a second since we've been able to do that, and it was nice to get back to it a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad we did this. And thank you again, Patrick, for the suggestion. Yeah. And if you have a suggestion for us, we would love that. We're... You know, we're obviously a little bit dry on content with no basketball, but we'll keep doing creative stuff like this. And um, definitely hit us up if you want to come on the show and do a little uh, little interview, a little Kings fan interview. If you're a Kings fan out there and want to just talk about the team with us, please reach out. And, yeah, that's going to do it. So thanks to everybody for listening to this episode of the Kings Pulse Podcast, and you'll hear from us again in the next couple of days. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.